0: No, he didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Locked On iRacing podcast. My name is Brayden and we are here in the year 2022, season two, week four of the iRacing uh, calendar. Again, no Wilco, still gallivanting around the country. It's a wonderful life he was uh, living at the moment. Seen some lovely pictures in the Discord uh, from all the fancy places he's been around in Queensland. Uh, but tonight. It's just an all South Australian cast uh, tonight. They've uh, handed over the reins to the the crow Eaters and uh, I'm joined by Carl. How are you going, Carl?
0: I am not bad, Braden. Not bad at all. A pleasure to be back. Yes, yeah, South Australia representing strong tonight. Go South Aussies. We are the best, and uh, well, it's the it's the better Wilkinson in the booth tonight. We'll go with that.
1: That's it. Well, we can call you the most consistent we'll at the moment, back-to-back weeks <laughs> on the podcast, so we, we can it. give you that title at the very least. Uh, I'm happy to claim it. As always, if you haven't checked out the Locked On Lads or haven't, don't know about the Locked On Lads, make sure you head over to LockedOnLads.com, and if you haven't joined in the fun in the Discord, make sure you head over to LockedOnLads.com slash Discord to join in all the happenings in the community. Uh, at the moment, a few f- uh, pictures flying around of uh, Wilco's Uh, gallivanting around the countryside. He also will probably have some pictures of the new house coming up soon. I reckon he's getting pretty close to, uh, getting ready to move in. I know that the, uh, house got all sold up and he's very happy about that. So lots of exciting things happening in there. You can also talk about all the racing. It was popping off with the Formula One and the, uh, V8 supercars on the weekend, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And of course, uh, you can also jump in and play your Wordles, your Quirtles, your Octortles, your Waffle Games, your Hurdles, your Weldles, whatever games you're playing. Uh, make sure you show us what you're doing. If you haven't already, give us a review and a rating on your favorite podcast app of choice. Uh, obviously, those reviews help us out a lot. We really appreciate it. You can also chuck uh, a su- sub- uh, a subscribe or a follow to either the YouTube or Twitch channel. you find that at twitch.tv slash LockedOnLads or LockedOnLadsYT on YouTube. And of course, we couldn't be here without our sponsors. So Brewster.coffee is the place to go to find your local coffee. Uh, Make sure you jump on like all the other coffee enthusiasts and give a review of the best coffee places around or find a new place to get a local drop. I know uh, coffee might not necessarily be your thing, Uh, Carl. Maybe they'll get a tea rating section on there soon.
0: Well, a tea rating would be good, but no, I, I do drink an enormous amount of coffee as well. It's uh, Coffee is my one bang. Um, I, I did actually use Brewster and uh, got myself down to Please Say Please, if you're in Adelaide, check it out. And uh, yeah, definitely a fantastic coffee place. I got a really nice cup of coffee from there, from the Brewster's little uh, recommendation. So I can absolutely attest that it works.
1: There you go. Lovely. All right, let's get into what's been happening this week, Carl. What have you been racing? I hear that you've actually jumped in the in the rig, uh, back pain and all, and have done some racing.
0: Yeah, in horrific pain, uh, which is always fun. Um, but luckily, once I'm in the rig, it's actually not too uncomfortable. As soon as I find a comfortable spot to sit in, it's okay. Um, so that was good. Although I did have to crank the old um, the steering ratio and the the um, uh, what's it called the offset sort of up pretty much all the way so the car turned itself effectively because i couldn't turn i couldn't actually get my arm turning properly uh in the dirt on the dirt i should say at bristol in the, the trucks on monday night that was where i first did my race uh so that was an interesting one i actually qualified in uh, i qualified in sixth position somehow out of 27 uh, odd people um which i was in shock at uh because I have no skill whatsoever on dirt, uh, I think I was the only driver out there with a absolute rookie license, uh, so that was good. Um, so I, I qualified in sick for, for the second heat for the first little running because there was there was two two heat races and then the feature race itself. Um, so that was kind of good and. Dropped a couple of places. I finished in eighth in the heat race. So I didn't finish absolute last, which was nice. And I was pretty chuffed with that and had some good racing with the boys. Uh, In the actual feature race, that was a slightly different story. Uh, It was running well. Um, Jaden Russell was absolutely unstoppable on the dirt. Unsurprisingly, that boy is quick on the odd dirt. But I was having a decent run racing with people like Maddie Ray um, and uh, Riley Curtis as well. We were having a really good run for a while. Um, and then unfortunately I kind of made it through an accident, huge accident on start finish line. I made it through and then somebody just gently tapped my right rear and somehow it gave me eight minutes of repair time, mandatory repair time. And I, it it was the softest tap I have ever received in a truck. And I do not know how it led to eight minutes of damage. It was just one of the weirdest little, like how, um so that dropped me down i think i finished in 19th at the end out of the 27 odd so it wasn't a terrible finish um and it's moved me up a couple of spots in the championship which i'm still down in like you know the 20s or something like that but yeah, it's not too bad i've had some okay finishes and the top 20 finish on dirt i'm actually surprised at and then after that i jumped into an official race my first official race in years um but, uh, Probably yeah. Actually, I think like my first official race of the year. I think uh, was in the GT4, uh, the BMW GT4 at Spa, and um, a little bit rusty. Uh, It's been a while since I raced a GT4, Um, so that took me a couple of laps to get back into the swing of things. I qualified down in like thirteenth position out of about seventeen runners, Um, and I was like card number. 18 as well so it was it was yeah i was pretty much the bottom of the the <laughs> i-rating group um got up to Au rouge over radion for the first time and somebody in a porsche at the front of the pack decided they were going to go flat out on the first lap and unsurprisingly they lost the rear and there was an almighty wreck up the top um i've come flying up over the crest of the hill and i just eased off a little bit going up rouge just because i suspected there might be an incident got up to the crest of the hill saw cars all over the track took to the grass just managed to avoid it the car behind me kept on the actual road got absolutely wiped out and then i ended up finishing in the ninth position um so i was pretty happy with that it was a uh, it was a solid run in the end
1: very nice what uh... about yourself yeah, well, actually, I just went to look at my ice schedule. Up. I actually thought I'd only done the one race over the last week, but I forgot I jumped into a couple other things just as a bit of fun. Um, I guess I'll start with the first race that I did do, uh, which I decided to jump in. I think it was on a Wednesday night um, and jump into a V8 official. I've been saying I'll do more V8 officials and you know try and get better at racing them and just get the practice and the hours under the belt. So thought I'd put my money where my mouth was while I was feeling all right, kind of expecting to finally lose my 4k little title that I've been holding on to dearly by not racing effectively. Um, So jumped in at Long Beach. Um, I think I was car number two or something, which was a bit scary. Um, Wasn't all that pleased to see that. I think I was two or two or three. Um, So yeah, car number two. So I was, you know, like, Oh, great. Here we go. One mistake and, i'll be definitely under the 4k i rating but I actually put together a really consistent race i actually streamed it which i hadn't done in a while um and that was really enjoyable um just yeah really drove within myself and really focused on looking after the tires one thing i noticed in doing the little bit of practice that i did was that it was so easy to burn your tires up around there so many bumps so easy to lock a brake uh like lots of turns that um require plenty of grip and yeah, I actually drove within myself really, really well. I was basically sitting sort of third, a uh, fourth most of the race um, with Simon Heddishard just ahead of me. Decided to pit slightly earlier than him and try and undercut him, um, as the um, you know the tires, uh, fresh tires are so powerful in the V8. So decided mm-hmm. to try and undercut him a little bit. Managed to get out like five seconds over the time that he spent out longer than me. Um, then he had the tire advantage and he was starting to catch me from that five seconds coming into about, uh, it was about two, maybe three seconds. I think he got within one or two, but then made a mistake and it sort of went back out to three or four. But unfortunately then I missed a gear coming into turn one and put it into the tire barrier, managed to do it slowly enough that it didn't really give me too much damage. I didn't notice too much speed drop off with the car, um, which was really good and managed to stay in fourth place. Simon had a just overtaking me. So came home in fourth place Gained a bit of uh, SR, which was nice. Went up 0.39 and, and managed to actually gain I rating, which I was very, very surprised with. So um, it actually went a lot better than I thought. So I guess it means I have to do more of them now, though. <laughs> <I guess> that, <laughs> you know, I keep saying I'm going to lose this 4K so I can just start racing and not have to worry about it. And I end up gaining I rating. It's nice to have the 4K to protect. So it's a bit weird. But I also jumped into, I did a rally cross race at um, Legacy Daytona um uh, rallycross because i just wanted to get off it's the only was the only one i didn't have a d-class license or a better in um so i kind of wanted to jump in and get a d club might get my d-class license get my um safety rating up and enough, enough so jumped in started fifth finished fourth Think out of six cars um, wasn't close to anyone, I was like a lap ahead of the person behind and probably a lap ahead behind the person <laughs> ahead of me, so it was a pretty boring race, but it was nice, so I managed to get my D license, and I also jumped in an Arca Series race and did an oval race, car.
0: Oh my word, well, that's, that's interesting to hear. Um, yes. I, I tell you what, I've done one official uh, Rallycross race, uh, and I'm never going to do another one, because I have a 100% win ratio. So it's great on the old stats. It's uh, one race, one win, uh, 100%. Uh, So, you know, I'm going to protect that with my life. That's the only time I've ever done a dirt official. And I do not know how I ended up winning that one. It was just crazy. How did your oval experience go?
1: Well, it was Daytona. So I've been on the bubble of my sort of getting my safety rating above three for like the last two seasons or three seasons. I don't do enough ovals to really mm-hmm. get above three. Um, and I think I've been hovering around that 2.8, 2.7, 2.85 kind of mark for the last two or three seasons. And I really would like to get up to C-class so I can do some of the races that actually involve safety cars and things like that because none of the D-class races do. But with that, makes it really hard to get out of D-class because no one slows down for any wrecks because there's no safety cars. So there's no you know, incentive to just keep your spot and try and stay out of trouble. So... I qualified fourth, which was not too bad. It was pretty low strength of field. I'm only like um, like 1,300 or 1,400 or something IR. So it was only like a 1,295 strength of field. But I was like car two, which yep. was horrible. <laughs> so I was like right at the top of the the bottom of the barrel. Um, and managed to get up into first place pretty early. Um, just got a good start, drove around the outside, uh, uh, who was in second, drove around, dropped down into, into first, and I still had enough momentum from the draft to go past him and drop down into first. So the idea was basically just stay first, keep the inside line, and try and stay out of as much danger as possible. Unfortunately, after about, I think the races are about 20 minutes for the Arca races. I think, unfortunately, after about sort of 13 minutes, I made one slight error and just came off the, the line a little bit and bumped the guy next to me who spun sideways and hit me, which I straightened him up nicely and then proceeded to wreck with the rest of the field and and got a bunch of damage and, yeah, ended up with, you know, 8x out of it, uh, which didn't help help the safety rating at all. And then um, just trundled around, went in for my repairs, got my fast repair, uh, trundled around by myself for the rest of the race until right at the end where there just so happened to be two guys fighting for position in front of me, uh, going really, really slow, Crashed into each other and then hit me again and gave me another four X. So oh ended, no! So I ended up with twelve X out of the race. Ended up losing 0.12 safety rating. So yeah, it, it is what it is.
0: It is painful. Like working on ovals is painful in officials. I think I'm up to be licensed in ovals at least, and it, it's never easy stuff. Like you just got to try and keep out of trouble, and that's one of the hardest things on in officials on ovals because people will you get a very big disparity between people you get the ones that will actually allow for racing and then you get the people who will just absolutely wreck you who just do not stop and will just absolutely drive through you and it is really really tricky it's it, it's hard to do and it, it's one of the the flaws of racing sometimes where it you just sort of feel like it's an uphill battle and no matter what you do you just can't win you just can't improve
1: and i don't know if it is this is the case but It seems like, you know, to gain safety rating, it's like it's based on the same amount of turns as it is for road racing, because it Mm -hmm. seems to take so long to grind up um, uh, safety rating in the uh, races that are on ovals because you're only making, you know, four turns a lap or whatever, whereas on a, um, and then, yeah, fair enough, sometimes you might do 40 or 50 laps or whatever, uh, but it seems like, I don't know why, it, whenever I drop in a, a, a safety rating in ovals, it's a significant drop, but it takes a long time to get you know back up. You might only get 0.06 or 0.08. Um, it's a real, real long grind. So I did one little time trial, just had the Formula One practice or the V8 supercars or something on my top monitor <laughs> and just drove around Daytona by myself and gained 0.06, 0.06 of that 0.12 back. But... Yeah, so still underneath the three. So, got to do some more ovals somehow to try and uh, get back up above that three.
0: Honestly, best advice is just keep at the back. Um, it, it sucks. You can't race. You just have to, like, just hold at the back and just not race anybody. And it is just such a, it, it, it's soul destroying. Um, that's the problem. It is soul destroying getting that license up. But you just sort of keep out of trouble and you usually find you get up there. Um, Obviously, just keeping out of the the short tracks as well, because the short tracks will yeah. just absolutely kill any safety rating you've got. Um, yeah. Usually, honestly, the best way I found was going on super speedways and just keeping at the back and you sort of it, it's a long grind, but you get there eventually. And then you're like, yeah, OK, I'm finally free of this. I can get some proper racing in. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I've had that a couple of times. I've done like Daytona and Charlotte. I don't know if they're classified as super speedways, but they're the bigger tracks where you don't really have to lift much. But yeah, um, and I've tried to stay at the back, and I always find that then there's a massive wreck that I can't avoid, and I still yeah. end up getting caught in it. So this is why this time I was like, all right, I'm going straight to the front, I'm gonna stick it out. I don't care if I win or lose, just I want to stay there and try and get that 0x. But yeah, it wasn't to be. So anyway. Nothing. Um, complaining about my uh, my oval racing.
0: It will get there eventually. We'll have to we'll have to try and jump into some together, and uh, and I'll wreck you out and ruin your safety racing that way.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> well, there was some other stuff that happened this week or last weekend. At this point, uh, now, obviously, the Formula One finally came back to Australia, uh, and we had the Melbourne GP. So. I don't know about you, Carl, but I really enjoyed having a whole weekend, basically. I mean, there was that much sport on. There was footy, there was UFC, there was Grand Prix, there was V8s. There was just about every sport under the sun that you could uh, hope for. But I certainly enjoyed sitting down and watching a bunch of motorsport on the weekend. How did you find the uh, Melbourne GP?
0: Oh, that... It was great to have a Grand Prix in our time zone again. I mean, obviously, it's in the wrong state. I mean, you know, it it needs to come over. Just just move a little bit left, come back to Adelaide, uh, back to the proper street circuit, and, uh, you know, everything will be fine. But, of course, we we have some of that to look forward to at the end of the year now, at least. So there is some good news for that. Um, But, honestly, it was great to have the the Grand Prix back. I love Melbourne. I actually really love the Albert Park circuit. And the changes they've done have been interesting. I, I was a little bit nervous about that chicane getting changed um because you know it's kind of a it it was a very big part of the circuit um but i also remember formula 197 where i would constantly cut that chicane and basically use that layout of the track anyway um and i knew it was fun so it turned out that yes it was good um the racing was brilliant obviously they dropped one of the drs zones so only three drs zones oh, only three mm-hmm. uh, which i think probably actually was a good thing um but the racing on track was just brilliant and some of the the action just all over the weekend was great i mean it, it was great to see the v8s there again it's great to see the support races um i think they had formula 5000 there as well didn't they yeah they did yeah um yeah. but obviously the grand prix was just uh yeah i mean you know qualifying it was interesting to see how that went and it was an interesting weekend all in all i mean you know you got a heartbreak for alonso um as a fernando fan it was uh it was a hard weekend all in all um the 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 whole uh the whole incident with the uh the hydraulics failing, uh, getting into the corner, that was painful to see. And then the race, it just got worse and worse and worse. And and I, I think the worst thing is, is he had such good pace and it was just just hard to see him drop back. And Aston Martin, what on earth is going on with Aston Martin?
1: They've lost the plot, haven't they? They really have. Um, yeah. Just to touch on, yeah, the, I, I guess I'll touch on it a little bit when we talk about the Formula 1 fantasy, but... Fernando was one of my subs in this week, and I, I thought he was just looking so wonderful. The amount of pace he had, he was just absolutely smashing it. And then he's putting in this, you know, massive mega lap that's going to probably put him in the top sort of two, three, four. Um, probably not enough to get on pole, but, you know, he's had a green sector, a purple sector, and then all of a sudden he's in the wall, and that just sort of started the spiral down from there. He got unlucky with the timing of safety cars, and it was, it was pretty crazy to... I was uh, watching there's a channel called on youtube called f1 unfiltered and they basically after the races put up a bunch of videos of um the radio chat um from different parts of the race and from different teams and things like that and basically as soon as he saw the safety car he goes well i guess that's our race over then (laughs) like it was straight away the first thing safety car gets called and he's just like well yep that's it (laughs) we're screwed um so it was yeah very disappointing Disappointing for my fantasy team, of course, but disappointing for him as well, just because, you know, he was on an absolute tear all weekend and looking like Alpine, well, he was going to have a really, really good result for for Alpine. So, yeah, that was a bit disappointing.
0: Yeah, it it can come back. I mean, that's the thing. That car is fast. That's one of the good things. And I mean, but that's one of the good news stories is that Alpine is very quick. It's got it's a decent looking chassis and the engine looks like it's decent as well. Um, which is more than you can say about Mercedes, although they had a much better weekend. Um, you know, they got very, very lucky as well with everything. Um, it was interesting to see. I don't know if you ever, if you noticed it during the race, but if you looked at Lewis Hamilton's car, he had an actual sensor on all weekend, even during the race. There was a little light underneath the front of his car, uh, mm-hmm. and they were running a laser sensor on the, the front of the car, all weekend, even through the race. And that thing adds about, I think it's about one and a half kilograms. It's a pretty hefty sensor. Um, so they added extra weight to it. And that Mercedes, they reckon, is overweight already. They think it's about 15 to 20 kilos overweight. So adding an extra bit of weight onto that car for the race seems like a really weird idea. And he sort of could see Hamilton was just off Russell's pace a bit all weekend. And, you know, Russell, you know, he's a very quick driver. But it, it kind of explains why Hamilton was running a little bit slower because he had that sensor on. So if you go back and look at some of the replays, you'll see it, it almost looks like it's the actual, um, it's the tray that's rubbing along the floor and it, it sort of seems like it's on on fire almost or it's glowing. But it's actually a laser sensor there and it, it, it actually will test how the car's going. Uh, it tests speed, um, your... And uh can't kind remember of the other thing, but it, it basically just checks everything. So it's really to just see how much of that um that porpoising, as they say, uh, is happening on the car. And they're really looking at ways to fix it. And they were running the same sensors on the side of the floor as well during the practice sessions all weekend too. So they're really looking at ways to try and stabilize that floor. I reckon the 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 really big change for them dropping back to those really skinny no side pods has really reduced the structural st- stability of the floor and they're struggling. And I mean, Russell and Hamilton have both said they kind of want to go back to the original car from Spain even mm. because they think it might be better. Um, but it looks like Mercedes are going to press along with it. And the fact they're actually using sensors in the race, especially such a weighty sensor tells me that they are really looking at trying to fix this. And once that car gets absolutely fixed, I think it's going to be a really hard car to beat, but it's just how long it takes to fix it. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, obviously Ferrari this weekend were just in the league of their own as well. Uh, less said about science, the better. Uh, he had an absolute shocker.
1: Also one of my subs in my uh, fantasy team this week as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, you will notice I am basically last in the fantasy league uh, because uh, I, I think i I I put all my money on Fernando this weekend, um, and that didn't pay off. And uh, science is one of my big ones. And uh, yeah, it really, really hurt me in that respect. Uh, but Charles Leclerc, I mean, what a race, what a drive. He was absolutely on it, and he has just been flying this season. That boy has got some serious pace. And even without Max's uh, second uh, power unit failure of the season, um, he had that one pretty much wrapped up. And I mean, I guess that's the other point is, again, Red Bull power units, they have had another engine uh, go up in flames. And that is, it's uh, not looking good for reliability. That thing's got power, but it just does not have the reliability.
1: Yeah, and obviously with the cost cap, um, you know, the more engines you fry, <laughs> the more expensive things get and um, obviously slows down development and things like that as well. So yeah, Charles Leclerc has looked just, a, a cut above, and that car's just so, um, so well put together. Having said that, they probably suffered from the worst porpoising they've had, um, in any of the races, but were able to just sort of deal with it and yes, and, um, and push through. Which, especially coming into that really quick left right, um, at the end of the long straight, air yeah. rotations, <laughs> um, yeah, like he was really his head was just bouncing up and down, up and down, but was still able to spot the apex and and carry the speed through. It was pretty crazy.
0: It seems like once they. It, at a certain speed that car gets really really bumpy but then as soon as they get to just below like say about 150 kilometers per hour the car just flattens out and is absolutely fine and mm. once they were in that braking zone it had no issues with stability at all and that was the big difference maker i mean if you look at that and the mercedes the mercedes was still bouncing as it was going into the corner and that really cost them time the other thing as well is we had eight teams in the top 10 like mm-hmm. eight teams scoring championship points and Alba. I mean, the tire whisperer himself, uh, that was a Perez level of just tire management that, oh, good God. I, I, and the, the strategy call to bring him in on that last lap as well was superb. A master stroke by Williams. They really pulled off a great, great top 10 finish because they, they don't have the pace, but they absolutely nailed it on strategy with that one.
1: Yeah, it was funny listening to him and uh, Lando having an interview after the race. And Lando's like, wait, you, you still scored points. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, point. But yes, I did yeah. score a point. Uh, <laughs> so it was really crazy. All I picked up from all of that was, of course, that um, uh, iRacing confirming Albert Park scanned by Lewis Hamilton. So,
0: yeah, that, that's it. That's what the actual laser was. It was just <laughs> Hamilton scanning the circuit. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, that relationship with Mercedes, it, it makes sense now.
1: Yeah. all right so let's quickly recap the fantasy standings um well I had a shocker obviously bringing in Sainz and Alonso who both ended up scoring negative points but I did turbo driver Charlotte Claire, um which was nice and I did bring in Perez as well who obviously came second I also had Magnussen who was looking like he was on for a decent result as well but I think he kind of got a bit screwed over in the uh, safety car like Alonso did as well um which sort of made it tough um, for him so at the moment it's still Russell Clark sitting on top just one point clear of Dermot C um, who hasn't used his Mega Driver whereas everyone else in the top 5 has so that goes to show he's sitting quite a way up uh, Daniel H Lindsay W and Tim's Court round out the top 5 all of those have used their Mega Driver and then Matthew Mites, Dave Douglas Nathan Verney, Luke F and Alex John and uh, are tied for ninth there. Luke F and Alex, John, I'm sitting in 12th, um, trying to build my way back up. And yes, I think if I look down the page, Carl, you, are down you have to scroll really there. far <laughs> down.
0: Um, yeah, I kind of used my, uh, mega driver on Fernando this week. It, didn't, it, it could have paid off. Great. Um, it didn't though. So I had Alonzo and obviously, um, science, and that was a lot of points lost. I lost, uh, 25 points between the two of them um magnuson had a bit of a shocker. he still gained some points for me but it he wasn't well all weekend apparently and it just didn't pay off and that safety car didn't help um kind of glad bottas had a decent finish again in eight he, he actually had a decent scored points again although the streak the streak is over no oh, yeah. more q1 appearances uh, q3 appearances for Bottas um and george as well uh look, George Russell finally getting on the podium properly in a race that lasted more than three laps.
1: Yeah, that's it. My only one saving grace was I did bring Perez in uh, and drop Max Verstappen. So that was my (laughs) only one saving grace for the week. Um, The other racing that was on, uh, well, I guess the main racing that was on on the weekend was obviously uh, V8s and, oh, actually IndyCar as well. But we'll start with V8s. We'll go through it really quickly. I just thought the track really, really raced well for the V8 supercar. I don't know... what it was, but they seem to be having an absolute ball. And I don't know if you saw um, the race where SVG started basically last through to to second or third, but man, he was just dominant. That was a
0: ridiculous drive. I mean, we know Shane is good on tyres. I mean, no matter what you put him in, if it's a a full metal race car or if it's a sim car, that man can just make tyres last yeah he, he puts Albon to shame um but he absolutely nailed that one and that drive from you know the, the, the last to sort of first challenge that he took um that really was an epic drive um the win on saturday as well like great stuff got a bit unlucky on sunday i didn't actually see that race but i i heard that it was a little bit less fun for him um but yep. there was some great racing throughout and every time i saw the v8s on track it was just fantastic stuff
1: yeah, it was really good. The, the biggest sort of talking point, I suppose, was that the tyres were literally falling apart. They were just blistering and and just literally just bursting for some people. And, and um, I guess we haven't seen that probably in the supercars for, for a while. I know it was a new surface and quite abrasive. But then you see you know someone like Alex Albon who was able to take his tyres 56 laps and that was like 16 laps more than what um, Pirelli said was going to be the maximum uh, those hard tires would go. So it was just interesting to see how the compound just was, yeah, just really, really struggling on the new track.
0: I, I would say it was probably a weight difference because the supercars are probably a bit heavier, but the, the new F1 cars are basically the same sort of weight as a super tanker. So, you know, <laughs> there is that, but, but Pirelli rubber, it just, you know, it's designed a little bit different. Of course, I think it, a lot of the high speed stuff possibly affected the supercars and it just maybe the choice of um it, it's possibly a tire compound it just they needed a slightly harder compound for that track maybe just to make it work but what it did give was just interesting racing and i think that's one of the things uh, one of the, the really good things in motorsport is actually having that and it's one of the issues i think in formula one is they don't have compounds that fall apart it's hard for a tire manufacturer to make a compound that they know is not going to last because it looks bad on them but what it does do is it makes great racing and um you know i think if we actually if F1 went for a slightly softer compound to force people to maybe do two stop races instead of just, you know, single stop races, which we pretty much constantly have. It adds a lot more strategy to the race. And uh, in V8s, we kind of saw that and it was great to see people having to look after the tyres or people just absolutely going out on them, really pushing them and then having to to pay the price afterwards.
1: Yeah, it's obviously a fine line between having enough tyre deg to make the strategy work and then obviously not wanting them to just literally you know blow it 250 yeah. kilometers per hour but yeah i totally agree obviously the more deg you have the more uh it opens up strategy and that's always good for racing i guess i guess it's hard if you're pirelli or someone like that you almost need to you know have some kind of we're intentionally making these tires it's not it's not how at all tires work yeah. we're intentionally doing it but i I
0: kind of think that's where fuel stopping comes into making races interesting i mean like if we look at indycar and formula one for instance you know you've got that fuel option in there and it means that they can run the really soft tires they can run a short stint or a stint where they're lighter on fuel and make the really soft compounds work and Mm -hmm. actually take advantage of it and then come in and then you know top it up on fuel and go for a nice long stint on a hard compound and I, i mean you know the refueling is always a big debate because you know there's always that sort of oh it just ruins racing it it, you know we want to see racing out on track we don't want to see it in pit lane but tactics is a huge part of motorsport and i kind of i don't know i i think maybe some kind of you know fuel option it, it could make formula one it could just change formula one again and add that strategy back and actually mean that people use the softest compound rather than just going for Medium hard, medium hard, because that's all we've seen this season. Nobody is going for the softest compound because it doesn't last and it's kind of it's a bit silly in all honesty.
1: Well, speaking of IndyCar, um there was some IndyCar racing on the weekend. Did you manage to catch it?
0: I well, I caught the highlights. Unfortunately, I'm not paying for Stan um, because you know I, I I was so annoyed when they changed it to that. But I did watch the race highlights and watched uh, some of the racing and some of the action, and it was great to see, of course, um, around. Uh, uh, Long beach. long beach yeah long beach that's one um always a fun track always interesting to see there great to see uh new garden having a good race he was absolutely flawless i mean other than herta of course herta was brilliant he always is at long beach but got caught out on the bumps um as we know long beach has some nasty bumps he got caught out on one of the bumps Car lifted up, brake locked, and all of a sudden he found himself in the barrier. Uh, Unusual mistake for for Herter because we know how good he is around Long Beach. Uh, Scotty McLaughlin, of course, clipping the final chicane as well. That really caught him out. He was sitting behind uh, Tatiana Calderon, I think. Um, And he just clipped that, just got a little bit too close to the barrier spun the car around, and that lost him a handful of positions and uh, lost him the championship lead as well with New Garden's win. So he's now got to fight his teammate for that championship, and that's going to be a juicy battle. Um, but the big one for me was uh, Grosjean. Like, Roman Grosjean had an absolute blinder of a weekend. He messed up in qualifying. Uh, unfortunately, he he locked up in qualifying for a lap that was going to get in pole position. Uh, but then starting, I think he started in P5 from memory, Uh, worked his way up, had a great race, and if we didn't get a late caution, I reckon it was his race to win. Uh, He ended up in P2 in the end, another podium for him, but he has been absolutely sensational in IndyCar. He seems to love that car, and uh, on tracks like Long Beach, he is just one of those drivers that is top class and uh, a really good signing for Andretti, and just, yeah, he's been sensational.
1: Yeah, it's been really cool to see, you know, the rookies from last year really take a big step. Um, you know, this year, I know Grosjean did really well last year as well. And, you know, Scotty had his moments, but the, the amount of improvement that um, Scotty's made this year and just the confidence that he's racing with has been been really awesome to see.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. And I mean, the racing is something else in IndyCar as well. We've got so many good drivers and so many top class drivers. It's, it's one of those series where anybody can really win there's not there's not that many weak links i mean you know even you know I, I, jimmy johnson's been a bit of a you know, there's been a few jokes about him because he's been relatively slow but he's improved a huge amount and on the ovals he has been you know his first oval race he was very very good he has got a very good chance of taking out indy uh so i'm really looking to indianapolis this year um it, the indy 500 could be an interesting one and we could see well, we could see Jimmy Johnson taking a victory there.
1: The four-month festival that is uh, Indy. <laughs> yes, that's
0: it, yep. I mean, it's, it's right. a year-long. A year-long build-up to Indy. I mean, you know, that's it. The, the year of May.
1: That's it. <laughs> All right. That's enough uh, talking about real-world racing. Let's jump into the news and updates section of the podcast. Uh, it's going to be brought to you by the Locked On Lads Facebook page today, so make sure you jump over and give the Facebook page a like and a follow as we charging towards hitting all those goals that we have for our socials um, and that's definitely going to help us keep growing now there wasn't a great deal of news uh this week but we did find a couple of things to, to have a chat about uh, first one that i managed to dig up and find was that um Dame warren um sort of announced himself on the global stage obviously a very very quality driver and you know has done some really really good racing and had some big wins in some big competitions but uh, this was his debut win in the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup, um, taking a race win, and he actually led green to checkers for all 20 laps, and you know beat some big names like Max Benake, Jordan Caruso, and Jamie Fluke, and people like that. Uh, really, really quality race win. It was um interesting that it was his debut win here. I think it was at uh, Circuit Gilles Villeneuve again, um, which is. Uh, where Mitchell De Jong uh, won his breakthrough uh, Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup win last year um, as well. So, seems to be bringing out the debut wins for people as well. So, well done to Dane Warren. Obviously, a very, very quality driver. It's always good to see Aussies uh, making, you know, good progress in uh, international series. He's currently sitting 8th in the championship uh, with some other Aussies, Cooper Webster in 10th um, as well. So... Really good to see that and if you ever want to catch any of the porsche tag hoya esports Supercup, the next race is on april 23rd and they go to spa um and it kicks off about 1:30 p.m et which is the american eastern time um you can catch all those streams on uh iracing's uh twitch.tv slash iracing um page so well done to dane warren next yeah oh sorry yeah i was just gonna
0: say it's really good to see and it's great to have some some aussies up there and taking it to the international field because you know it's uh you know, australia it's it's well known for motorsport but um we tend to punch above our weight and once again uh punching above the weight taking out the win and uh one of the best tracks there is. i mean i love that place
1: Unless you're trying to pre-qualify for Scops and you do 120 <laughs> laps and only complete about four of them, then I say not so much fun. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's fair fun. enough. That's on me. Uh, the next little thing I found was Asatek, who we discussed previously on the podcast for a new range of pedals that they were bringing out. Um, Boosted Media had done uh, a couple of reviews on them and also I'm pretty sure currently run the Asatek pedals on uh, the, the Boosted rig. Uh, they've come out with some new sim shoes that they've decided to uh, make, I guess, or uh, produce. Um, they're called the Aztec Invicta Racing shoe, or Racing Boots. Um, so it's a Danish company. Um, they look pretty cool. Um, sort of a lace and Velcro type uh, get-up. Uh, red, black, and uh, white in the uh, Aztec colors. And not a bad-looking... Um, not a bad looking racing boot. So I'm not 100% sure if they're out yet. I don't believe they are. I think it's looking like they're going to be shipped in late June. Um, and they're going for about €99 Euros, uh, plus shipping. So if you want to get yourself some high quality uh, sim boots, maybe you can pick up those. Do you like the look of those? That are those boots there, Carl?
0: They're interesting. I mean, you know, they, they don't beat the old socks, but they—they they are definitely, um, definitely look very comfortable. The the thing you got to wonder just how much give they have in the toes, because that's one of the big things for for racing, obviously, in like heel and toes stuff like that. You want to have just that little bit of extra give, and sometimes, you know, if they make the the sort of front of the rubber a little bit too stiff, it can be a bit tricky. But generally, I think they've probably worked that out already and got it spot on. And I imagine it will be sort of relatively comfortable and they, they look really breathable as well. So they, they look like they're not going to get too hot. Um, obviously, you know, these things, they just add a little bit of extra comfort, especially for long racing. So for those Enduros and things like that, I imagine it will just add that little bit of extra comfort for, those, for people driving in there. And that is a big, big thing to have.
1: Yeah, so it says the thin rubber sole will give you that perfect pedal feel while maintaining the best best grip. So I'm hoping that's something that they've thought of and it says the front of the boot um, has those perforations to ensure lots of breathability and um, the shoe tongue is padded for some extra comfort. So if that's your kind of thing, um, check out Aztec's website, uh, Aztec Sim Sports, and I'm sure you can uh, think about getting your hands on some new sim boots. Um, The last one I sort of found was... I guess that's not necessarily a news item, but I, I found an article on um, AUMotorsport.com uh, and it was talking about the world's biggest sim racer is forging a motorsport career. And it was just an interesting article um, that talks about Jimmy Broadbent's rise to you know having a real-life racing career. And there's a few things that sort of jogged my, uh, I suppose, interest in uh, in the article. And, and the one thing was how the Prager bosses were in the, uh, the article were talking about how Um, you know, they'll rock up at events and people will see the Praga logo and say, oh, like Praga, you know, that's um, Jimmy Broadbent's team, you know, and they're they're actually recognizing Praga as, you know, a partnership with Jimmy Broadbent, which is obviously massive for them as a company. Um, And just goes to show, you know, giving people these kind of opportunities is not just paying off for, you know, the person getting the opportunity, but I think it's making a really um, good push for, you know, the commercial side of people that are involved in motorsport. And that's something that maybe we'll start to see more of, um, as these content creators in the sim sort of sphere um, become bigger and bigger,
0: yeah, look, it's really interesting, and I think it was a really smart move by Praga, um, Czech, Czech, aren't oh no, they? They're Czech, uh, Czech Republic, aren't they? I believe, um, and it, really smart move. I mean, they've been making really good race cars for years, but they don't really get much coverage, and obviously, racing in brick car as well. That's a really good one for brick car. Um, oh, I've forgotten her name now. Uh, the the the. The woman that runs Brick Car, but you know, again, like they, they, they are, you know, they've been running for years, and they're, they're fantastic series. Uh, but seeing it actually explode and getting that viewership on it is an important thing. And somebody like Jimmy Broadbent, you know, he's got what a million subscribers on YouTube and something like that. He's close to that. Yeah. He's, he, you know, it's a lot of eyes on a on you, and it's also got that little bit of. um it's slightly novel in a way. I mean, I remember back when? Oh God, what was his name? Back in oh the early noughties when Gran Turismo got one of their drivers into motorsport. Um, oh gosh, uh,
1: can't help you oh, with this one, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I I will remember the driver once I see it. Um but he, you know, obviously that was a big, big thing. And there, there was this huge um huge amount of uh media that went on to it, and it really made a big difference. It was a huge um it was a huge get. Uh Jan Maldebra, um, that's the one. Um, the GT Academy. Um, and he has gone on, you know, Jan has been like he's gone on to so many good things and he's really, you know, he's gone on to become a, a, a hot property and Jimmy Broadbent's one of those drivers that he's got the, he's obviously got skill. Um He's got talent. He's he's, he, you can see the difference in his fitness level as well. He's put a lot of yeah. effort into getting fit. And I think that's one of the big things from uh sim racing to, to full metal racing that, you know, obviously you need to have that fitness aspect and you need to have that that sort of getting in shape thing, which is, you know, that's not fun. Um, and I think that's that's the main reason most of us are in, in sim racing is because uh, we're either too broken or too unfit to do real world racing. Uh, but it's great to see somebody moving up there. And he is one of those drivers that's going to keep going. And he's had success and the, the more success he has, the more chance he has of getting into some other series. And it also brings eyes onto those other series as well. And it's just a really good—you've got to say—publicity stunt. Um, but he—he's got the talent to do it as well. So it's a really smart move, and uh, good on him. In honesty, it's been really, really great, and it's fantastic to see. Um, it's fantastic to see a sim driver actually progressing that way. We know, we, we know, we've got loads of full metal racing drivers, real roastering drivers, you know, who come into sims themselves. You know, so there's there's that crossover, of course, um, but it's nice to see that it's actually working out for him. And it's great to see that Praga are actually getting that publicity as well for themselves, because it's going to help them. It's going to help build them up a little bit. And hopefully it will really help them get into some other series as well and uh, help them improve because, you know, every little bit helps.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure if you've caught his most recent video, but for anyone out there, feel free to go and give it a watch um, on his uh, YouTube channel. But um, one thing I took from his most recent video, which I found really interesting, was uh, they were racing at Alton Park uh, for the latest round of... I don't think they're in... It's a Praga Cup this time, I think. It's actually a, an exclusive Prager series. Oh, yeah. And um, they were going through... And he was talking a little bit about his lap times and, you know, how he was he was getting towards the end of the race. They were in second place and, you know, his pit crew basically said, look, we need, you, we need you to give us some more because third's starting to catch us. And we think if we keep going this way, they might start to catch us before the end of the race. And he started talking about how it was really interesting how he's actually matching. So he's obviously the AM driver that's driving alongside Gordy. Uh, much who's the pro um, counterpart. And he, he's basically matching him and is able to do the same lap t- or s- same times through the slower medium corners, but he still doesn't quite have the confidence and the trust in the downforce um, to, to manage to match him in the fast, um, like fast, high downforce corners. And it was just interesting for me to, you know, sort of reflect and go, well, yeah, so those slow corners, he's got the talent and the skills to be able to do Um, The same sort of job that Gordy's doing, but that fear factor that is involved in actual racing that we don't actually have in sim racing is, uh, you know, I guess the thing that might be holding him back from getting those extra, you know, three or four tenths um, each lap going through those high speed you know more risky i suppose corners i thought that was really interesting to to note that he's actually managing to stick it to him in you know the medium and slow corners but at the moment it's just that having the confidence and the trust that you only get from repetition and doing it i suppose um uh, that's not quite there yet
0: that's it and he the thing is the one of the good things on his side is he is actually one of the quicker am drivers and that really does get attention of people um you know when you've got the the bronze gold silver as bronze, silver, gold, platinum style things with the AM and the pros and that kind of stuff. If you've got a quick AM driver, teams take notice of that and then they will start looking out for it because they want them. And especially if you've got a quick AM driver that's good at keeping the car on the track, that's the kind of thing that wins you races and championships. And especially in endurance racing, um, I can see that being a big, big boon for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, one last thing. Uh, you're yeah. going to tell us a little bit about the upcoming ANSCAR prize for the race at Talladega. Why don't you tell us a little bit yeah.
0: about that? Speaking of sim races and getting out on track and actually, you know, full metal driving, um, this year for the Talladega round, we have got ourselves a fantastic prize uh, in ANSCAR. Uh, it's one of the, uh, honestly, it's the best prize I can ever think of. Um, so for this round, this year's prize has been announced and it's. uh the winner of the race will get the chance to drive with Zero Alpha Motorsport. They're a nonprofit organization uh, that help military veterans with their mental and physical well-being via motorsport. So they get them involved in everything from driving to mechanical aspects to fabrication, all of those little bits, but just help them get into something and do something after they've left the military, which is always a big thing. Um, it's a Tasmanian based team. And they have offered this year's winner of the 24-7 Sim Services Talladega Race a day's practice session in either their Formula 500 dirt sprint car at Carrick Speedway or if, uh, if the winner is under 16, which I don't think we're going to have any under 16 drivers. There, there are a couple that are close to that. Um, they get the chance to drive uh, the Daihatsu Junior car, which is still very quick and very fast and will be an absolute blast around that speedway. And of course, for the non-dirt track racers, uh, they can drive the team's rally car uh, slash time attack vehicle, which is their Honda Prelude um, at uh Buskerville Raceway or Simmons Plains, and it's an absolute blinder of a, you know, blinder of a prize. I mean, honestly, you know, as we all we all love to drive, and um, getting to actually go and have a proper practice session with the team, the drivers will be there as well to help coach. Uh, the team will be there to help you learn and stuff like that. It, it's it's for fun, but they're also going to be trying to help you out and help you improve as well. It's a huge opportunity and a huge prize to win as well. Uh, so I think a lot of people are going to be looking at that and, uh, Talladega can be a bit of a lottery at some times, but we know a a lot of people are going to be wanting to win that. So I think it might make people think twice before making some of the silly moves because they're going to really want to try to get to the end of that race and be at the front of the pack.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like an awesome, uh, prize and to to win something like Talladega, I think you deserve a prize that that fits that (laughs) because anything can happen at a place like Talladega, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's great, and uh, you also get a lovely holiday to Tasmania as well. So it's 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 a you know it's a win win situation. I mean, you know, can't ask for more than that. So that is fantastic. There's more information on that on the Ann's car Facebook page or on anzcar.com, uh, of course. Uh, but yeah, a lot of drivers going to be looking to get that one, and whoever wins it is going to be one lucky lucky person. I mean, obviously, I would be out there trying to win it, but uh, unfortunately, I'll be stuck locked away in the commentary booth.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, before we move on, actually, I completely forgot that we didn't cover this last week because I don't think the announcement had been made yet. Um, Ira, I think what we did talk about was that Ira had something in the works and we weren't sure what it quite was yet. Uh, but he did announce it, I think, late last week or early this week uh, that he is running an Aussie car festival of speed uh, running from April 20th to the 24th. So he's uh, put together a an amazing uh, festival of speed in conjunction with the no, hashtag No Social Hate um, uh, charity that's uh, organized by Chaz Moster um, and obviously incorporating Aussie Car as well. So there's going to be three events held over five dates uh, where regular drivers are going to be able to rub shoulders with some pros possibly um, and win a real race car experience as well. So not only uh, Anscar doing an Aussie Car as well. So plenty of opportunities to get yourself in a car at the moment um so iris said that this is uh the type of event that he's uh, been working on for a long time and he originally got the idea from watching the uk formula ford festival which uh he followed back in the day and people like ambrose and ingle and weber raced uh in and he said that he thinks that the event that goes over a few days is much more engaging uh, and when he he approached uh, Chaz about the no social hate campaign he was really happy that he got a message back from him which was pretty cool um, so, the way that it's going to work, or I, and then I'll get to the prize, I suppose, is that there's going to be um, over the, the four days or three days, um, there's going to be a Formula V and Formula 4 um, category and race uh, classes. The qualifying um, will be for the final, will be done via heat racing, and depending on the amount of entries, uh, about 20 to 30 cars are going to make the cut for the final. Uh, with one uh, 25 minute race solo qualifying, no pit stops uh, to be the final. There's also going to be a race of champions. Um, so, any pro who's been personally invited or any driver who has won an open setup Aussie car race automatically qualify for the Saturday night finals. And all other drivers have to qualify via heats, which will be a standing land rush, 10 wide starts. So, this is going to be three lap heats. Of six to ten cars, depending on the entries, and the top fifty percent of each heat go through to the final, and the rest go into a B main. And then some B of the B main cars go into the final and progress to the race of champions. And that's going to be um, the VW Beetle Light, I believe, um, on one of those big open uh, rally tracks. I can't think of what it is. whereas uh, where is my eyes of desire uh, led me? Uh, Crandon. Crandon. Yes, Crandon International Raceway. Uh, And then there's going to be the Aussie Car Grand Prix. So it's going to be a full-length 44-lap race using the iRacing Spa set. Uh, Same as Formula 1 rules, needing to use two different compounds and obviously using the brand-new Mercedes-AMG W12e Performance. And that's going to be around Spa, which is going to be a pretty big... uh, pretty big event and i'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes i guess i won an open setup uh aussie car race so i do automatically qualify entry into the uh the race of champions i definitely don't consider myself much of a champion (laughs) but i get i get some free entry into that uh which is pretty cool so as i was discussing before there's some pretty cool um prizes on offer so they're going to give away two real open wheel experiences in proper formula ford around sydney motorsport park No red limiters, no driving instructor by your side in an open cockpit car tuned to just over 115 brake horsepower um, and weighs about 410 kilos. So it's going to be pretty cool. Top speed of around 230 kilometers per hour in a car like that, which is awesome. And this prize is going to be drawn live on SimSpeed TV for any driver who makes both the Formula V and the Formula 4 final um, and does not incur a post-race penalty in the final. So a bit of an incentive to keep it clean there as well um which is pretty awesome so really really cool um there's also going to be a nation's cup theme to it as well so you can nominate a country that you're going to drive for and um you know it should be interesting to see if the trans tasmans can uh, battle it out for the best uh, of the trans tasman so uh really really cool um idea i think ira's absolutely smashed it with this one um i'm gonna probably try and jump in a couple of things at least Um, depending on time and and how some other things are going. But uh, if not, wish Ira all the best. It's free to enter or pay what you think it's worth. So um, definitely get behind Ira. He's really awesome for the community. He's done a lot of uh, really great things. So make sure you uh, head over to Aussie Cars Discord or the Facebook page and check out the uh, Festival of Speed. It's going to be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Um, I might have to try and represent the uh, the English with that one and uh, see if I can beat the Australians and the Kiwis.
1: Yeah, that might be tricky with not too many Englishmen in there, but <laughs> you'd be doing all right if you get in front of one of them. That's just say so that. <laughs> Alright, let's jump into the community results section of today's podcast that's brought to you by the Locked On Lads YouTube channel. Please make sure you jump over and check out the YouTube page and not only some amazing broadcast brought to you by Wilco and also by you Carl when the YouTube channel wants to keep its stream key the right way. Uh, yeah (laughs) and uh, make sure you uh, give them the support the time they're putting together Um, and sometimes you might even get to see Wilco racing himself don't know when not sure if he still does that but I'm sure he'll get on there and do some racing soon once things start to settle down so Carl how about you talk to us about the Australasian supercar e-series first that's something we're going to cover in a little bit more depth next season but you've got a little bit of a wrap-up um, about this season and then I'll, I think after that I'm going to throw to uh, past you who's already given us an Anne's car wrap I'm not even going to make you do it live this week so how about you tell us about this Australasian Supercar E-Series
0: yeah absolutely so um actually did the coverage for the final couple of rounds for them which was was fun and uh, it was a kind of locked on lads production semi-ish um half locked on lads half my production over at screezilla uh my youtube channel um so it was a bit, a bit of a hodgepodge of things uh it was absolutely crazy to the fin at season vote at talladega speedway uh we saw a wreck that determined the championship, in all honesty. It was a absolute mad finish, um, with Aaron Dillon taking out the race win ahead of his teammate and championship challenger um, Gary Wellman in second, who ended up crossing the line backwards. And if he had managed to cross the line ahead of his teammate, would have won the championship. It was five points between himself and Raymond Yeager, who ended up taking out the title for this third season of the Australasian Uh, supercar e-series so it was a fantastic end to the championship and was very glad we got to broadcast it um of course next season there will be the broadcast on locked on lads proper so we will actually be broadcasting on all the locked on lads channels on twitch on youtube and of course on facebook so we are really looking forward and excited to bring you that one Um, of course that season will be starting uh in uh some time i'm trying to actually remember when it starts now Uh, And I can't do that off the top of my head because I'm hopeless at remembering things but it will be coming to us live so look out for that one um the season starts on may the 8th at indianapolis so the indy 400 on may the 8th so look forward to that one on a sunday night a little bit of competition for a good friend mr alex McKellar, uh for the uh the skippies um so something different on a sunday night to watch but yeah it was a really good run and uh well worth catching that race uh absolute mad finish but um really really good racing and the v8s on the ovals are just something special to watch
1: yeah i've seen a few races and obviously the e-series did quite a few races on ovals over the two years that the supercars ran the e-series and and it always did look like a a blast so get out there and support the australasian supercar e-series if you get a chance well, Carl, I'm going to throw to a past you who's already given us a wrap-up of Anne's car for this week. So why doesn't past Carl uh, take it away with this week's Anne's car wrap?
0: Hello, chaps and chappets, and welcome to the Anne's car recap. I'm, as ever, Carl wilkinson with the and tonight we will be starting off with the Affinity Construction Truck Series Championship. We were at Martinsville Speedway for all the series this week, which meant it was a very Martinsville-style race. Jaden Russell would pick up pole position alongside Jason Martin on the front row. The race itself would have a few cautions, as is to be expected, a few cars getting caught out quite early on. With eight cautions and forty laps under caution, there were quite a few accidents, which uh, caused a few cars to get taken out. Unfortunately, when the green flag was out, there was some great racing up the front. But it was Jenson Russell who was unstoppable, with Hamish Gallagher in second, Luke Treherne third, Danny Daniel Hedershide in fourth, and Joshua Carweldon in fifth position. Championship-wise, Danny G still leads. Just a single point ahead of Hamish Gallagher, Josh Micklemore in third, fourth for Jaden Russell, fifth for Luke Trahair, Maddie Ray, sixth, seventh for Jason Martin, Sc- Clark in eighth, scurlock in ninth, and tenth for Stephen Williams. And in the Xfinity series, we saw a rough night for a few people. Hamish Gallagher would claim pole position with Glockland L- Urquio on the outside row, but an early accident would see Urquio out of the race early. When there was some green flag racing, it was great side by side action with some good door banging to go. However, we saw the caution flag many times, 12 in fact, 54 laps under caution, which caused the race to be a bit stop start. Finally, it was Hamish Gallagher who kept out, didn't pit, and stayed out on his tyres from the start of the race that made it home first, with Joshua carroll in second, Reuben Phelps third, Martin, Michael Scurlock fourth, and Stevie Dubb in fifth. Championship-wise, it's Hamish Gallagher in the lead, 39 points ahead of Scurlock in second, Russell in third, fourth for Phelps, fifth for Micklemore, sixth for Carowalden, Clark seventh, eighth for Raymond, Douglas ninth, with Brad Fenley in joint ninth place. Unfortunately, the Cup race couldn't take place this week due to iRacing maintenance, but we look forward to seeing you back next week where we will be getting down and dirty at Bristol for the trucks and the Cup, and it will be Dager Baby for the Xfinity. Back to the studio.
1: I don't know about you, Carl, but I actually think past Carl sounds better than you, so we'll uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll have to see see if we can get past, past Carl on the podcast next time
0: uh maybe i uh, slightly more grumpy though i mean it was a, it was a rough week at uh at the paper clip and obviously no cup because of the serve maintenance so it was it was a bit different
1: definitely definitely all right our last thing that we're going to cover today is the snl race uh alex has uh been really busy this week as he uh, i think everyone has been to be honest lately it's been um just full on for everyone in the last few weeks, especially. But uh, we'll go through what happened in the SNL uh, coverage. And I saw a bit of the end of this race, which was an absolute belter. Uh, but it was really awesome. My favorite part was to see my good friend, Nathan Verney, back out in the top split in a surprise appearance uh, coming in as car number 20, Carl.
0: Yeah, it was great to see the, uh, the locked-on colours represented on Saturday night, uh, Sunday Night Lights. It was nice to see that. Uh, they were at Belle Isle, of course, a uh, 20-strong field. Um, so that was really good to see. Vaughan Roberts uh, got the pole position with Vasco Swarovski in second. Um, there were nine Australian and New Zealand drivers out there as well. So it was an absolute stacked field for the uh, for the uh, for drivers for the Aussies and the New Zealands.
1: Absolutely. Um I guess uh, the end of the race that I saw was was really, really good. Um, I think it was, I I think it was, was it Miles and, I'm going to have to. Yeah, so. uh... Miles and Vaughn Roberts, I think, were sort of hanging on the back of Nagai uh, before they started to make a bit of a move. I think maybe uh, uh, Vaughn Roberts or Miles might have been ahead. Um, And eventually they both dropped um, Nagai, which is no mean feat, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, I guess the unfortunate part was at the start, there was the big wreck between, um, Fiori and Wade, um, which Nathan actually almost got caught up in. Um, but there was plenty of battles throughout the whole field. Vaughn Roberts, Miles and Nagai basically were together all that, uh, race long until right towards the end where, like I said, they he, yeah, sort of got dropped, um, a little bit for, for Nagai. Uh, but the biggest thing was right at the end. Uh, a big sort of crash between uh, the front people who were battling and saw Sam Devantier out of nowhere come up and end up getting second.
0: Yeah, the cowboy absolutely weaved it through. Um, Roberts and Miles were battling it out, and I think it was turn 11 they made contact. Uh, Roberts managed to keep the car going, um, but uh, Miles got some damage, and then I think it was turn 12, ended up just going completely in the barrier, lost the back end of the car, and he was trying desperately to... To get to the line, uh, it, was, it was heartbreaking to watch because that car was just going nowhere. Uh, but uh, the Cowboy Sam Maria absolutely nailed it through there, got past Nagai, got up into P2, really, really good job. Nagai just got a little bit caught up, checked up in that sort of incident as well and dropped down to third. Um, but it was a fantastic battle at the end, and uh, it was a shame that contact happened because they were too wide for pretty much that whole final lap, really going for it. Carnage, unfortunately. Um, but again, the Cowboy just absolutely sliding it through the middle and doing a great job and another podium for himself.
1: Absolutely. So the results were Nick Vaughn-Roberts taking away the win from Sam Devantia and Naoya Na- Na- Nagai uh, rounding out the podium from George Maddock, Tim Hendrickson, Seb Schultz, Brett McBurney, Hira Hikaru Sasaki, got there in the end, Dimitri Philippides and Russell Clark rounding out your top ten. Um, some notable Aussies. Mitchell Nichols in 11th. Uh, Neil Gardner in 14th. Nathan Verney in 15th. Vasco Swarovski in 16th. And Paul Wilson rounding out uh, the race in 20th. If we uh, delve our eyes down into split two, uh, that was taken out by Alex Herte and Greg Roffey and James Baker were your podium. From Mark Jeffo Jeffrey, the steward of Saturday, Sunday Night Lights, uh, getting P4 and a nice 21 points there. Uh, Ken Himes in 7th. Uh, Jason Wilman in 10th, um, and they're the main Aussies that I can see in there as well. But just the two splits this week, I believe, uh, uh, from what I can see. Um, Belle Isle, quite a low-participation race this week, apparently. So there you go. Uh, that'll bring us to the standings, where the guy jumps from 5th to 1st this week uh, with his P3. Uh, Takumi Yamato in 2nd, and Adam Miles in 3rd. Vasco Swarovski, currently in fourth. Mark Jeffo, Jeffrey in sixth. Sam Devantier, seventh. Mitchell Nichols, eighth. Uh, Christian Perez, after missing a couple of rounds already this season, sitting in ninth. Uh, and Brett McBurney in 11th. Jason Wilman 13th. Nathan Verney, 16th. Paul Wilson, Neil Gardner, and Ken Himes are rounding out your top 20 there. So next week they will head to, or this week, they'll head to the Charlotte Roval um, to have a race around the Roval, So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. There's a fun track in the Skippy. I don't mind racing the Charlotte Robo. Um, it's a, a good bit of good bit of racing that you can have there. So one little shout out before we move on from SNL is uh, a big shout out to Adam Miles who was battling for the lead but does a power of work uh, doing some massive write-ups in the iRacing forums to do with the Skip Barber community. So if you haven't checked them out, do go over to the iRacing forums and check them out. So much stats, talking about who's done the best laps, the best races, the biggest strength of fields, so much information in there. And he's also just popped up the voting for tracks for the next uh, Season 3 and Season 4. So make sure you head over to the iRacing forums and uh, give him a vote as well. He's done a really good job of organizing all of that stuff for the community. So shout out to Adam Miles.
0: Yeah, epic job he does there. And it's, it's sort of... It's a hard task to do, and it, it takes a lot of time, and people sometimes don't appreciate just how much effort goes into getting all those stats and all those little things and write-ups. So they really do take an enormous amount of time to get done.
1: Absolutely. Well, Carl, I reckon that's just about it for tonight's podcast. Uh, I guess before we go, welcome people find you, and what do you have coming up this week?
0: Well, uh, you can find me over on YouTube at Screezyless.com. S-K-R-E-E-Z-I-L-L-A uh, or on Facebook as well, same name. Uh, nice and easy to find there, of course. Lots of military history and motorsport and weird things and uh, so much stuff. Um, I'm actually going to be working on a new military history video on uh, for ANZAC Day, so that, that's that's a big preparation. Obviously, we've got ANZAC coming up this week, uh, so all the work that goes into that, of course. Uh, we'll be doing the Uh, Thunder Series at Dover, of course, which is sponsored by the podcast this week. So it is the Locked On Lads uh, Dover race. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, Looking forward to that one. Uh, And then, of course, we've got Talladega with the Cup Series. Um, And the trucks are at somewhere as well. I can't remember exactly where, though. Uh, So the trucks will be on Monday night at some place. Um, I think it might be Dover as well, uh, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, Or yeah, Dover, I think. Um, and uh, I think that's about it. But we do have um, there is going to be some uh, quite a lot of racing with the Weekend Warrior Series, the Anscar Series and the Global iRacing um, Series. We're doing a bit of racing over the Easter weekend. So there's a there's a bit of action in that. And I might try and actually get involved in one of those races, at least. So hopefully I can have some fun there. Uh, what about yourself, Brayden?
1: Yeah, well, on holidays for a couple of weeks now, so a bit of time to rest and recharge, so hopefully I can get a little bit of racing done over the next couple of weeks. Um, I've been doing a little bit of practice in the Porsche Cup car. I know some of the boys have been uh, planning on joining in the SRW uh, Porsche Cup Series, so maybe I'll jump in with them and do some do some practice and see if I can help out in any way. Probably not, but at least I can give it a go. Um, and... Yeah, that's about it. Maybe try and jump in some officials. Uh, um, I think this week is Scott's weekend, possibly, uh, which I reckon is Road Atlanta. So I probably need to chuck the V8 around there uh, if I'm any chance of pre-qualifying. So that'll probably be what my week so, uh, sounds like. I might try and do a little bit of streaming if I get a chance. You can find that over at twitch.tv slash The1DWade. Um, if I put up any videos, they'll be on the one Wade on YouTube. And if you want to talk to me about anything motorsport, sport, or just listen to me ranting about something, you can find me at Twitter, um, at Talks. Uh, if you want to catch up with any of the stuff from the Locked On Lads, uh, head over to www.lockedonlads.com. Uh, on Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook, we are there as Locked On Lads. On YouTube, we are Locked On Lads YT. If you want to jump in and have a chat to us, Give us some questions for the podcast, tell us how horrible we're doing, or maybe even have some nice compliments for us. You can always head over to the Discord, www.lockdownlads.com Discord, and if you just want to harass Wilco and tell him to get back and start doing some podcasting with me so that I'm not holding up the fort here, me and poor Carl, <laughs> uh, you can go over and give him a tweet at Wilco's Chill Zone. I'm sure he'd much appreciate that. But apart from that, Carl, I think that's a wrap on this week. Thanks for joining me on this uh, Good Friday. It's a bit later than we were hoping, but it's uh, been an interesting week. I know it certainly has from my standpoint.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Long, long week. Looking forward to the weekend and uh, hopefully get some rest and recovery for both of us.
1: Sounds like a plan. All right, thank you, guys. We will talk to you next week uh, to give you all the happenings in the local iRacing community. Take it easy.